I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Happy New Year 1989! It's Footy Prime and we're here to say that we're the number one pod that's out today. But Danny, Dan, Craig, Brenton, and James will talk about practice and about the games. With interview scores and footy picks, thank you for tuning in to these bunch of dicks. If you're underage, please turn us off, cause you're bound to be offended, cause you're too soft. Once again, thanks for tuning in. Let's get this party started. Footy Prom for the win! I have way too much time on my hands. Welcome to Footy Prime, the podcast. On today's podcast, TFC go big again. The Magpies get right back in the mix. Huh? Right, right back in the mix. It's pretty clever. Lukaku loves Chelsea this week. And do many footballers actually dislike the sport? Shaman's here. That's me. Wonga, top left. Dunlop, top right. Forrest, bottom left. I'm not talking about all the goals Craig conceded in the first week in the Premier League, but that's who we are. Footy Bottom prime. What I'm left. It was like, uh, who's, that, who's that kicker? It was like, always pushed it right. Always wide right, wide right. Wide Scott right. Norwood. Scott Norwood, right? Scott the, the Norwood Bills. For Buffalo, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you got that off, brain. Off off gun thing. Left. I can't get down to my left. Louis Pasaglia. No, that guy right down the middle for the BC. Oh, Lions. Louis. Louis. Straight as his nose, Wonger. Straight as his nose. I don't think you'll find a, a, a better kicker's name than uh, than Swayze Waters. Remember him? Yeah, Swayze Waters. When yeah. was what era was that? Like when we were at the score and and at Sportsnet. Like he might still be in the league. Really? With, with that name, he could play CFL. wide receiver and punter and be a poor and kick graphic star. Yes, Swayze. So was he named after Patrick Swayze? That's a great question. I mean, I've never heard a first name of Swayze before. He's thirty-four so years a old. Huge, maybe he's a huge Roadhouse fan. He's, <laughs> he's from Jackson, Mississippi. He's Black currently guy, a free agent. Black guy, white guy. He's a, he's a white guy. Swayze. Swayze Waters. Hmm? Yeah, that's got, he's got to be a white guy. I mean, that's a real country kind of name, isn't it? He should be a country singer. Well, that would make sense. Uh, Roadhouse Dalton. That's a full Dalton. He could be Swayze Dalton. Swayze like, Dalton, yeah. Dalton's white as white. Yeah, Dalton's uh, Patrick Swayze's character in Roadhouse. Yeah. The best movie ever. One of them, yeah. 
big oh, trash. I'm watching Yellow. I'm watching um, Yellowstone right now, and there's a a scene in Yellowstone where the guy says quite seriously that Roadhouse is the greatest movie ever made. <laughs> it's a really funny part of it. It is a great movie, but hey, not Jeff, the Jeff best Healy ever. was in it. That's right. He was playing behind the old uh, chicken wire That's in the right. bar. Yeah. Too Bigger fan of he died. Too bad he couldn't enjoy watching it. <laughs> and the poor guy's passed away. God. I, him. I saw him live at the yeah. uh, the Commodore on, uh, uh, what's that street? Granville Street in Vancouver. He was amazing, man. That boy had soul. Holy crap. Great guitarist, great- too. Playing it flat on, on his lap. Incredible. Yep. I had a great conversation with Glenn Healy once. He asked me what I thought about the Celtic Rangers rivalry. Glenn oh. Healy, a great bagpiper. Yeah. Is he really? Oh, legendary. Oh, yeah, bagpiper. no. He, yeah, he, he plays for the um, the Toronto Highlanders, right? I think, or whatever it was. Even when he was a Leaf, I think. Oh, like the military. He, he does the military. He parades. He parades playing the- Thursdays at the Armory on uh, Sherborne and Queen. Yeah. Over, right? Yeah. Where is Heels nowadays? Do you know what he's doing? He's the head of the alumni association. Alumni, is his, yeah, that's his main gig now. Is it now? I wonder. Is he actually a big soccer fan? B. Is he worth getting on the podcast? Is my question. From our conversation, I didn't get the vibe he was a massive soccer fan, but obviously he associates with a lot of Rangers and Celtic supporters. So I think he was just mm. interested to hear someone who is not in his usual social mm. circle their take on that. But uh, it'd be he, interesting to talk to him about the players' association. As well. And then, you know, moving forward, where does that move in uh, in Canada? And it would be interesting, too, uh, to ask him about, has a bagpipe ever helped him hook up with a chick? Okay. I can only assume it would have done. Only well, I'm, assuming, I'm assuming, well, yeah, you have to be overseas. Like, you know, guitarists and lead singers and pianists. These guys like, are what did you say? the world. <laughs> Nine eight Yeah, he was little, little. He's on a trophy. There's a there's a great l- line when Steve Harvey goes on the Jimmy Fallon show and does Family Feud, and he uh, one of the questions is they're playing the Family Feud game is uh, what band member instrument is, player is the least likely to to pull women, and the Roots are part of the band, right? So I think the the number one answer was the trombone player. So they all had a big laugh at the guy, uh, but I, I would have thought the trombone player would do okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, I suppose. I mean, brass good section. arms. Yeah. Brass section in general. I imagine a bagpiper, though. I mean, great pickup lines, right? Like, do you want to see yeah. my bag? Better than the triangle guy. Oh, <laughs> no. I bet you, no way. There's triangle guys who did really well. I don't say. Just play like, that who, with flair. That's not know. a line I use, uh, Charms. <laughs> <laughs> no. I guess it wouldn't I, be, would it? I no. use it. I used to work with a lot of Caribbean guys, and a few of them were uh, in the trades, and they were plumbers. And so their line, because if it backfired, they would just say, oh, I'm, I'm talking professionally. Uh, how many inches of pipe you want? That was, that was oh, their line. That's a good one. And then yeah, if it yeah, backfired, they'd be like, no, for your house. I mean, you just got this new condo, mm-hmm. right, girl? Oh, no, I don't need any pipes. Mm-hmm. It's rental. If you ask for more than three, you're in trouble, right? <laughs> um, we, would, we, we should maybe reach out to those because I call I know him. I don't know him at all, but uh, I met him once, I think. But, uh, he would not be friends with Neils. He wouldn't be. Why not? He's yeah, Scottish. You're, you're not his type of guy. He doesn't hang out with the uh, people who wear hats indoors, winter hats, toques in the house. I don't know. He's got some Scottish in him. Oh, so have I. I think it'll be just fine, me and, and both Leaf fans. Yeah, but he embraces it. Really you well. distance yourself from being Scottish. Not really. No, I don't. 
I mean, I'm more English than Scottish, but um, I, I'm, I'm proud I've of my never Scottish heard roots. That. See, I'm, I'm Scottish. He hides it. He's embarrassed. Well, no, because it's, it's a small. Well, it's probably a t- about twenty five percent of me is Scottish, and that my mum was is was born in Scotland. I've got Scottish family. Most of my family is in Scotland now, but my grandparents are both born in England but moved to Scotland. So anyway, whatever. It's not important. Fact is, I do embrace. Well, I embrace. I'm proud of my Scottish roots, and I do love Scotland. But back to heels. Uh, we have this new show called Fully Prime Interviews. It's kind of really funky the way Wonga does it. I N D V U S. Really hip. And um, we'll, we'll be interviewing people every week, so there's an opportunity for that. And this week, we interviewed Michael Corrin. We'll get to that later in today's show. But I want to start today's show, fellas, with, with the big news um, breaking, I guess, here in Toronto and across Major League Soccer, and that's Lorenzo Insigne's imminent move to TFC. And, and Craig, let me ask you this question to start things off here. For $16 million a year, would you have left top-flight football in Europe for North America in your prime. Hold on a minute. How much? 16 million. That is the report. Now, I'm not sure. Not, that's a, not a year. Yeah. Yeah. 16 with that, with add ons. So it's a 11.5 11. 11. euros net. Yeah. Net. Would I have left <laughs> at 30 as a five and a half year contract? Mm. Come on. Yeah. Are you sure? Are you that's what's been reported. I, 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 honestly, I think that's steep. Simply because you look at the previous record was, I think it was, it was Ebro, was it not? Um, and, and about, at about seven and a half, eight. Um, Carlos Vea is around there as well, I think. So, it's, I mean, listen, you've got to pride to get someone like a senior, you've got to overpay. Yeah. But that's it's, what's it, being rumored, right? It's tricky when we're, we're changing currencies and stuff too, right? Like this is the first time that MLS currencies are being reported in euros, right? Well, why would we have ever seen that before? With the exception of, you know, Javinko or uh, maybe if he, when Beckham first came over because he had left Real Madrid to come to the Galaxy, you'd never see MLS salaries in, in euros. Why, so that why is that? What, what's your guess, B? I don't know. No, no. That, it's just because it's an American deal. Like it's, mm. it's, it's done in our space. The reporting is usually done in our space and it, there's no relevance for comparison for anybody reading the story to know another currency. But now it's a lot of European people who are wondering, well, hold on. Did Fabrizio Romano get this right? He's, he keeps talking about Toronto. Did he mean Torino? You know, Toronto's an international team now. It's a w- worldwide fame here. Now there's talk well, about a house being thrown in there, um, a car obviously as well. So who knows how it breaks down. But regardless, he's going to be one of the highest paid footballers, not only in, in North America, but in the world. It's uh, it's an interesting move, but I, it's understandable from a certain. I don't know if those those numbers make any sense, but it's in a, the club's been away for the most part for two years. It's been bad for the uh, brand, brand for the club. They haven't played particularly well in difficult circumstances, and they need under their business model uh, that doesn't survive under TV money. It survives from sponsorship and people coming through the box office they needed a big name and it's been done before with great success and they hope that the stars align and lightning strikes twice um but what do they think they're getting here are they like i I mean his numbers are are good obviously but he's like what one three and a half in syria 
does that make him one every two here? Does he, does he score 15, 20, you know, does he set up another five, you know, 10? He could, he could. I think they're really just looking at the Seba comparison here. And quite frankly, Insignia is a better player than Seba at this point, right? You look at his career stats. He's, he's captain of Napoli. Who's been a contending team for a long time. He's been there mm-hmm. for, for 10 years. His numbers, you know, I hate to use the expression dwarf because they're both really small players, but they dwarf Jericho's numbers. But but Sebo, it worked. It just like this lightning in a bottle, right? It was just perfect fit at the right time, the right support around him, and and it just it just worked beautifully, right? And almost yeah. the intangibles worked. So they need that magic as well because I mean, quite frankly, he doesn't need to be Sebo to be a huge success, right? B? Hmm. No, he doesn't need to be Seba, and, but I think everyone expects him to be better. And certainly at that price, there'll be a lot of pressure and attention on him to to be considerably better. I think that the, the team um, will, you know, the team is still taking shape. I do think that it's an advantage, actually, that he will arrive in July and that Bob Bradley has the opportunity to build a team and, you know, the team kind of find their piece, feet, excuse me, before their marquee piece comes in in July. And Lorenzo Insigne is going to arrive incredibly motivated to justify his place in the Italian national team to go to Qatar and to justify, I think, the, the, the price that Toronto FC has paid. I think that he's a very uh, prideful guy. We know that for how he thinks about Napoli and, and spoke of Napoli. And I don't think there was ever, you know, any real truth to uh, the links to Inter Milan. I don't think he was ever going to do that to uh, the people of Napoli. Um, so I'm, I'm not surprised to see him leave Italy. But it's still wild to me that, you know, in his prime, someone who's coming off of winning the European Championship with the Azzurri, it's going to be the highest paid player in Major League Soccer history and play in our city. Well, I think the timing for it, too, when you look at it, B, is about right, isn't it? Like, he's going to be, what, 31 this summer. Um, my big issue will will be in year three and four, where is he going to be physically? Um, and that's big numbers to be paying out. So short-term, yes, Long term, that's a long contract that they had to pay and to get him here, to give him that incentive. And that's why he's come here, because his contract was up. The timing was right just for a big money move, and it works. Well, Craig, we had a conversation on the show recently about age and how there are so many more players playing at the top of their game into their mid-30s, several into their late-30s. Jermaine Defoe is still keeping a place at Rangers. I know he's he's not starting every week, but we're <laughs> seeing these players, mid-30s and, and to their late-30s, play longer and longer. Is it maybe an uh, advantage to him um, that he, could he have a longer career, perhaps, by taking this situation as opposed to another Champions League situation? Do you think that you know there's a body management, a load management kind of look from that too? Mm, perhaps, except... I think you'll be surprised by the travel. Everybody seems to be surprised by it and affected by it, even though we, you know, in North America flying around three hour time change, but the actual games being on the West coast at say seven thirty eight o'clock, it's 11 o'clock here. And, you know, it, it, it affects the players uh, really, really uh, heavily. So that might shock them a little bit. So I'm not sure if he's going to play an awful lot less. So they're going to want him to be part of the Canadian Championship games. They're going to want him to be part mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. everything. But, when, yes, when so you, they'll be watching his minutes for sure. When you're five foot four, though, every airline seat's first class, in fairness. <laughs> yes, right? eh? 
Remember you Jerry, how Jerry Dobson it was taller than five four, right? Just, just six seven. And I used to sit like I'd be sitting across from him, and I'm all like uh, sitting on a plucked up chicken, right? And I look <laughs> across at him; he's got his legs crossed. He's re- he's like reading a book. I know. Super he's got his legs crossed. It's oh, like, and then and then then across the aisle is Big Mike, our old uh, associate producer, who was what <laughs> six 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 seven three fifty. I sat yeah. beside him once in the plane, and the poor bastard. He was just dying, just dying. Yeah. You know. Speaking of Napoli fans, they're the biggest fans of. Give Michael that. He'll know all about Insignia. Um, probably a big, big fan. Of Sorry, you cut out there, brother. Did I really? Is my mic? Is my uh, bad again? Yeah. yeah. I thought oh, I yeah. Fixed. Maybe. Uh, why don't you try taking the video off? And then now okay. it's back. Let me try that. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, same. Big Mike, our old associate producer at Sportsnet, huge Napoli fan who uh, we Huge. should probably get on to talk about in senior because you know all about him. Um, but, you know, um, we, we quite, a few comments, should. quite a few comments um, I've been seeing on social about this imminent move and what it means to TFC. And a lot of people are saying, oh, yeah, but when, when Seba came, it's a much better TFC, much better team around him, right? And, you know, like B mentioned there, we just started the summer. This team's changing. And, you know, we think we're pretty confident that Soteldo's leaving. Josie's leaving, right? Two more DP spots. There's talk about Bellotti coming, a ball from Torino. Crescito from Genoa as well. I, mean, I, I don't know what the best fit is. I mean, Bellotti would be great, I think. But looking at that team, if they can throw some money at uh, uh, a hard-nosed Michael Bradley-type midfielder, it might be a good move, the right thing to do, um, and build up. Because it's, it's not a bad squad, right? Last year was a really tough year on a number of fronts. Right, you know, they're starting Toronto, they go to Connecticut, they play the season there. Most well, there's a lot of it anyway. Um, there were injuries, the front three played, I think, one game together, right? The coaching change didn't work. So, I mean, I think they were better than they showed last year. So, add in a couple of pieces, not named Bellotti and not named Insignia, and suddenly you've got a very, very good team that should be contending for a championship, I think. Certainly a playoff team. I don't know if they'll be contending for a championship just yet because I think in the past, the problem with Toronto FC in the first year of big spending with Jermaine Defoe and Michael Bradley was they didn't necessarily put the right pieces around them to make a complete team. I think that's what they learned the next year bringing in Javinko was here's a player who has a higher ceiling maybe even than Jermaine Defoe, but they had MLS vets around him to complete that squad. And actually, for the first time, I think, that 2015 team, and they bettered it a few years later, was the best MLS team that they had actually put together. <clears throat> they brought in Beta Shore. They brought, brought in Justin Morrow, remember? And they were more, yeah, much yeah, more of a sure. complete side. And as you know, they got Vasquez, on, too. Don't forget Vasquez, because he was the key. He was massive, he? yeah. He was huge. And I think he's still got a, a lot in the tank, and, uh, and he, he might surprise for the Galaxy uh, next season if, uh, if he stays there out there with Greg Vanny. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if Sebastian Javinko shows up there as well because mm-hmm. I don't know if mm-hmm. having this Italian super team under Bob Bradley is really the, the right way to go. I, th- I mean, don't get me wrong, bringing in a, a Bellotti or a Crescito would be massive. But are you, do you really want four or five of these guys? Because then you run into a, a lot of issues in that room, I think. A lot of, there's going to be a lot of uh, – there's a huge pay gap between the guys in that room. If you uh, if you bring in some some guys of that caliber, so do you want to you know run into that um, dressing room management issue? A team that's that's already you know had a kind of a, a questionable and a fractured room. Well, I think you're going to deal with that anyway to a certain extent. To an with extent, the, with the DPS, right? But as long but, as they deliver, 
is never going to be an issue. People know the situation. People know what they're dealing with. The players understand it. But if they don't deliver, woo. Yeah, yeah. You so know. there's a guy making 16 mil. Say, say it's 10 mil, whatever it is. Does he have to hit the ground running and start doing what he's signed to do straight away? Or will there be any kind of patience, not from the club, mm. but from the fan base? Because know. you know what, everyone, you know, those, I mean, it's amazing what I'm watching, what I'm reading on, on the forums and on social from TFC, hardcore TFC fans who are still in love with Juvinko. Yeah. Love that guy. And they're almost affronted that they're going to sign Insignia for more money. And people are saying this guy is even better than Seba. How dare you say that? Seba, oh, he's the greatest thing to ever hit professional. You know, it's incredible the love they still feel for that guy. You know, mm-hmm. and like, wait a minute. He's left, right? He left. He went away. He wasn't great the last year. And you're bringing in a, a ready-made star, a guy that is better than Sebastian Javinko, as far as his resume looks, for sure. And you're actually concerned and you're almost critical of this. I just don't get that at all. But I'm reading that right now on, on social. I think that uh, I'm not one of these people, and I haven't had many conversations with these people, but I would suspect that there's this feeling that Sebastian Javinko was done wrong by the team. And people are kind of unhappy with how that chapter ended. Um, and there's you know, several incidents in this city of uh, the team as an organization seeming to turn on the player and trying to turn the fans against the player that the fans really loved. So I think that there's kind of that feeling that you know, Sebastian Javinko was, is a hero here for what he did. How did the team do that, B? Well, they made him out to, I think, you know, in the, in the media, they made it out to be like Javinko, you know, wanted uh, too much money and wouldn't uh, wouldn't take what they felt was a fair offer. And um, he went to the Middle East for considerably more money than he was making. So paint him out as someone who was just well, chasing uh, the pocketbook over, you know, understanding the dynamics of the team. So we're coming out of a pandemic and TFC decides to go all in. And as Craig had mentioned, they need to make this through, you know, the turnstiles and all of the above to make this work Uh, with Bradley coming in his whole team, how much they cost, whatever new DP they bring in, you know, the second and third guys. Uh, I think, I I think B as well, the circumstances were different then. I think the club were in a position where they were still going to sell out. And now with the situation as has been over the last couple of years, I think they doubted that. I think they found out that, the option for some of the season ticket holders and most of them were to opt out for the part season last year. A couple of reasons they weren't great. And, and plus people gone, moved on to do other things in the summer. So the circumstances are different, you know, and that's my point. It's like, is, is it, is it wise? Is it sage to go all in right now when we've just been locked down? I mean, Sharms and I were talking about it. You know our kids need school. They they got no games at the Raptors. No people at the no people at the Raptors. I don't know what are they doing for the Leafs right now. Charms. It's the same, same as the same, same thing as the Raptors. No, so no fans. Yeah. I, I just there's this level of okay. I know there's two or three bad seasons, but fiscally, if I, I don't know if I'd be going all in during the end supposed end of the pandemic. It just doesn't seem I, wise I, to me. I think they're I think they're betting on the fact that. Season kicks off what April around yeah, there, maybe right. earlier. Right. It's, it's by, by which point, this March thing, start. yeah, yeah, okay, well, yeah, March, April, get home around April, though, usually the home games, right? Um, 
they're betting on the fact that this this pandemic's going to be done, right? And that, as we've seen in the last couple of years, as it gets warmer, guess what, people? Winter viruses are really, really prevalent. And then it gets a little bit warmer without vitamin D, and they're not quite as serious and less and serious, less serious. They're banking on that. And then the summertime will come, and those fans will come back in numbers, in huge numbers. I have no doubt. They were shit last year. That's why they only got 5,000 fans the last couple of games. But shit. It wasn't about anything else. It wasn't about any, any fear of, of any virus. It's because they were awful. They were terrible <laughs> I, to watch. I think so the virus played gonna be, in attendance. I think that I, they, they have yeah, to consider well, that. I think they have to put an asterisk on that. I mean, it, and it's unfair to say, well, look at the Argos. Like, they pulled more. And it's like, I also, you also had a, a team that won the division. Like, I, I really think that there's, there was a, a, a huge impact on the attendance at those outdoor venues at that time. Because look at yep. where things were, you know, uh, globally. I mean, the first sellout allowed in Ontario was the game we were at when Alfonso Davies scored the goal against Panama. That's the end of October. So I do think that, you know, the MLSE panicked seeing empty stands, seeing that they couldn't even max out what their, you know, handicapped limit was. And that's what scared them into spending more money. And this is an organization that's always spent money to make money. And they tend to spend a lot more when things don't go well. And so that's what they're doing now. And they're spending it for their other organizations. And they kind of got away with it a little bit or at least wisely uh, spending for TFC. Mm -hmm. So now they've gone all in again and have to overspend to get back to the level that they were at. I just think the the fans are generally feeling that he's going to be so good that he's automatically going to give them not a championship, but a potential championship. Sharman thinks that. And we've seen so many times before when players, big players have come. Even Pele. Remember when he showed up in New York, it was a gong show back in the day when he <laughs> yeah, first Yeah, that turf up. looked like they were playing on carpet. They couldn't even give him grass. No, it's definitely yeah. more than just star power. I understand that. You know, they can't win just purely because they've got a superstar. We know it doesn't doesn't work that way. But like I mentioned, I think it's a pretty yeah. good squad. It's better than we think. Some young young kids coming through there as oh, well. Oh, I agree. I agree. And, with uh, and if they get if they do get two DPs, and even I mean, I, I'm not sure Crescito. I'm not sure you get a right back as a me maybe a play centre back. I'm not sure you get a right back as a DP. I just I don't know. I don't know how much unless your name is Trent Alexander Arnold or someone. Carl Walker, you know, some of these great fullbacks, Ken Cello, um, I'm not sure that they can really make a big, massive change to the team. There are ways. At that money. At yeah. that money. It's right? not, it's not it was, worth uh, a DP tag. It's not worth using a DP right, tag. Right, exactly. Pay him, pay him your gams, whatever the hell it is. But, uh, yeah, I think you can probably spend that money more wisely. Um, but we'll see. But I think regardless, it's exciting times. And I know the Italian community embraced Javinko, but, you know, this isn't about the Italian community. It's convenient. Happens this guy is available and he plays mm. in the Syria. You know, Insignia played in England or Germany, it'd be the same deal, I'm pretty sure. But I yeah, just exciting. Can't, and- can't wait for the Bob Bradley, you know, press conference when they announce these signings. I want Bob Bradley to do it. You know how like Masai usually takes charge for the Raptors? I want Bob Bradley <laughs> to get up there to the mic with you and Neil Davidson sitting in the front row. And I want him to be like, <laughs> hey, buongiorno. It's a new era. <laughs> wait, can't right we be Get over here. Why can't we be good? Why can't we be good? Um, we're going to talk to John Malnaro on Friday's uh, Freddie Prime Almost Daily. Um, he, of course, uh, you know, of, of many, many publications, Sportsnet, CBC, and now TFC Republic, uh, knows the Italian Serie A on the back of his hand, and, of course, Toronto FC. So we'll talk about Insignia in more detail on Friday's podcast. Yeah, and we'll need uh, just throwing it out there to our listeners. 
we need a uh, a name for that Friday show. So I I've think been, it's really good. Almost daily. Almost daily. Okay. Thank you. I, I, I was throwing around news and such because I thought that was cute. Well, what are we doing we'll on Thursday? Thursday, we're taking the day off. Yeah, we'll end, we'll end <laughs> so this one. Well, this this one's going to run all Thursday. Right. We'll, we'll talk about scheduling later at B. But yeah, you make a valid point. But the Friday show or Thursday, whatever it's going to be, is, is a newsy slash Canadian show. All right. So it'll be a shorter podcast, probably famous last words, but it'll be <laughs> focusing on, on something very newsy from that week, maybe one or two topics, including a Canadian angle. That's the plan. That's the plan. But as you know, our plan and our rundowns, much can change. <laughs> week to week. Like your internet, like your crappy internet right now. <laughs> it's yeah. for so long. Usually it's Craiger, and now you moved out of the city and you have the worst internet. Bees I've been doing it for good. three months. And yeah. it's been the last three shows, I think it's been bad. So what did they do? Well, now Someone everyone's home. Died. Nothing. In the sticks. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. The population yeah, density. Of, uh, the population Pickering Durham show. region. They yeah, go back to work, yeah, Pickering. Are you in Durham last... region now? Is that where Pickering is? Yeah, it is. It's Durham. Jeez. It's <laughs> hilarious, right? Oh, what, why is it hilarious? You're why is it embarrassing? I'm just kidding. Listen, you, you people live in your little shoeboxes. I'll enjoy my palatial residence here where I can breathe and see the stars at night. You, can get, a, you can get a flight. You can get a flight from the island out there. Hmm. <laughs> can, can you? Yeah. That'd, be really handy on, that'd be really handy on Wednesdays when we do it in the tent. <laughs> it, was, it was the culinary pole that brought him out there, you know? He heard a lot about the uh, the bustling hey, Oshawa culinary. There's scene. great food here. Great, I, I, was, I had no idea. Durham Region Eats, that's uh, it's a Facebook group. I'll tell you what, man. It's legit. There's some good I, stuff I, here. I, anyway. I tell you, though, you're right. The, uh, up in Scarborough, when I used to work up at Sportsnet, when we were all up there, well, I don't know. Were you guys ever up there? I was. I like, lived in Scarborough. I, I ate very well in Scarborough, but I never ate very well in Pickering. Ajax, some great Caribbean food, but Pickering never did. So enlighten me, Wanger. Uh, lots of great Indian, lots of great Asian food, and Guyanese roti. Yes. There's a place called mm. the Roti Hut yes. just up around, and it was – we it's used to go there all the time. Yeah. That's, yeah. Where, where is that? I've seen there. that. Where is it? Where is it? Um. That street just north of TSM, uh, yes, Midland yeah, there, just north of Mid- TSM, like Midland, Midland and Shepherd. That kind of whole strip there. Yeah, there's some great food in that zone. Yeah, just past the entrance where you go into TSN and McCowan. Yeah, McCowan. McCowan, and then your second left. Yeah, second left. This is great, great podcast. Yeah, people boys. on radio, <laughs> <laughs> look for the Roti Hut. It's on uh, hey, some street in Scarborough. I love me some West Indian. That is all right. Hey, it's pretty good. Uh, I've heard worse. Come on, it's, you know, it's kind of a, I don't know it's no. Barbadian or your. Uh, I forget your drinking. your your friend from Sports World. Very good guy, and he started uh, the best radio station in the city, ninety eight point seven G ninety eight point seven. Um, oh, Fitzroy. Fitzroy, Fitzroy Gordon. He would All shake right. his head in disappointment at you for that. He would actually, yeah, yeah. Right now he's rolling in his grave, saying, "Oh, James, shut up! You're making a fool of yourself." He's a Geordie. <laughs> and it's funny, you mentioned, I, I think I mentioned that before on this show, right? How I was once accused of being racist because I was talking, doing a Geordie impression, and they talking you about, um, yeah, and they thought I need, they thought I was making fun of uh, a Jamaican guy. Wow. So, no, I was, I was being Geordie. Charms plus your shoulder amiobi. Your oh. shoulder amiobi. <laughs> Play for really? Newcastle. Yeah, really. Yeah, he's Newcastle. Shoulder amiobi. 
Like I that, met, right? Do my Jolly Eye guy, I trying to be Jamaican. Like, no, I'm not. I met Shola and Sammy at a bar in Newcastle after they uh, drew Sunderland 1 1 in the Derby. My Did he first really? trip to England. Tell yeah. the story. It was like very, very end of the night. Uh, we'd been to six or seven places, uh, Buddy and I. And he just, but this is back in the day, Wonga, when he used to go out at night and it'd carry a camera. Okay. The, the phones had cameras, but you still carried the little quick pics, the snapshots right. cameras. And my buddy had, had dropped his and it wasn't working and he was gutted. And he was just one of those moments like, this night has gone too long. I've lost count of how many drinks I've had. I've got no money left. This night sucks. And he looks up and the man sitting in front of him wondering what his problem is, is Sammy Amiobi. And he's like, Amazing. My, my buddy's a massive Newcastle fan. And Bershola. But right behind him, oh, <laughs> right behind him, and here he is standing with a camera that doesn't work, and he couldn't take a picture with these two guys who uh, who were amongst you know his favorites because he was a diehard Newcastle did fan. He, That's why we he, ended up there. Did he go from sad drunk to happy drunk? Best night of his life. Yes, immediately. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, and I don't think he could fall asleep until six a.m. After that, he was wired. That was the ecstasy. The, the Amiobi boys bring a lot of <laughs> smiles to many people's faces. Speaking of Newcastle, nice little segue. This uh, Kieran Trippier. Well is is rumored to be on his way to Newcastle for 12 million pounds, which to me is an absolute steal, right? Steel. This guy's been brilliant for Atletico Madrid, the Spanish champions, one of their best players for a couple of years now. And to go to Newcastle, I mean, that's a real sign of intent from Newcastle. But for 12 million, I'm assuming they're paying him a shitload of money to convince him, which is I'm absolutely fine with. Um, but... Back to this whole fullback discussion, Craig. You know, I had kind of mentioned how, you know, Crescito, a DP, is it worth the money? But can a fullback mm. change a team's fortunes? I mean, can Kieran Trippier turn Newcastle into uh, a team that is no longer looking down at two and three relegation well, spots and actually going to well, be mid-table? Well, I think it shows where the modern game is right now. You look at how important the uh, the wide players, the fullbacks have been um, and all the major teams have done really well. And we've got one of the best in the world with Alfonso Davies. So to start with that, I think it's a really uh, just a show of where, where we're at. And yeah, you're right. I think at 12 million, I think is a, is a great buy for them. Absolute no brainer. And from his point of view, he knows the club's building. Even if they get relegated, he's not losing any money getting relegated. They probably get a big bonus right. to come back up. And, and look at the types of forwards that Newcastle are looking at. Like Craig's right, this is how you you build a team. That the, the mm. fullbacks are as important because if you're going after guys, and I'm not saying they're going to get Mbappe, but they're going to be talking like that type of money for players going forward. So if it's a Nicardi or if it was a, a Belotti, someone at that level, you 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 don't want DeAndre Yedlin swinging in crosses. You want one of England's <laughs> star fullbacks, you know. And you, you look at with Robertson and uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold, and even at a team that's not contending, how important Matty Cash is for Aston Villa. Uh, fullbacks are, are such a major part of a, a team building, and Eddie Howe is you know, re, uh, totally rebuilding and retooling with a lot of money at his disposal. It's really interesting. I never thought about this with the whole Insignia thing coming to North America because they're paying him more than anyone else. But Newcastle could pay that, right, at this point, and, and get an Insignia. Um, I have no idea whether they approached him, whether they have any interest, um, whether he fits into their system. He's a pretty small guy, right? And I'm not sure, you know, you're swipping balls in from the right, from Trippier. He's not going to be on the end of them, is he? Um, but- well, <laughs> I wouldn't be, if I was Newcastle at a 30-year-old, 31-year-old, I wouldn't be right. interested, overly interested in him either. Good point. Right. 
Yeah, yeah, that could be what it is. Eh? It's the age. Unless it's a Neymar, unless it's you know right, Ronaldo right. or Messi, that brand power. I agree with Craig. At that, at that age, yes, out. yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Sorry, fellas, where are right they now. right now? Are where are they? Where's Newcastle right now? Fourth last? Are 19th. they in relegation? No, they're in the drop zone. They are. I'll tell you right now. Hang on. Nineteenth. I didn't want to click away while we were talking. Nineteenth uh, is nineteenth. Yeah, they're nineteenth. Right. Oh, a couple, yeah. couple points. Yeah, couple points out. One win, but, uh, but it's, it's, it's very with these kind of signings. If they get, I mean, there's many guys. It won't be hard to get talent and Newcastle. Maybe you're not in the top ten right now, but with them, you'll get players. I'm pretty confident they're going to get out of that drop zone. We'll see what they do. But I mean, if Trippier is the first of, of many mm-hmm. this January, I know it takes a while to, to to gel and get together the team, and it's not quite that easy to become a power straight away, but. I mean, there's some pretty bad teams right now. Watford, for example, are dropping like mm. a stone at the yep. moment, right? Um, and yeah. they're out there right now. There's, there's teams in there that are going to be fine for their lives. And you've got to think Newcastle, yeah. who I think are better than one win, don't you? Even even as they're compiled right now? They well, that's right. Year. And then oh. it, they should be good for one win every couple games. That'll, that would save them quite easy, easily, I would think. COVID and injuries have really played a part in this first half of the season for them. So th- those 19 games, you do have to put that asterisk there because we do know the buying power that they're going to have in the second half of the season. And uh, I think it's going to make a huge difference. And you're right. You know, Watford are, are dropping. Um, Burnley's in real trouble. Um, Everton's going to get sucked in to that battle, I think, mm-hmm. as well. Uh, they're not going to be able to win their way out of it, not with Rafa. And so if they make a change and they don't have an immediate bounce, um, you know, Watford made a change and, and they had a first game bounce and, and Ranieri has been a disaster. And I think that, you know, Bielsa and Leeds are, are not finding their feet and uh, they may need to make a change to Leeds. So Newcastle can buy their way out of this situation. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They hope so. Well, Chelsea thought they bought themselves, uh, you know, the final piece of Romelu Lukaku. And of course, we discussed that on the review podcast about the incident over the weekend, the interview, et cetera, et cetera. Well, he actually uh, apologized. He's been fined by the club. He's back in the squad. Played today, actually, as a beat Spurs 2-0 in, in the cup. Um, but he, had, he went out and had this video apology. You see this as an interview? And I don't know, to me, it was just so unnecessary. It wasn't that big a deal what he said. It was stupid, naive. It wasn't great. And yeah, apologize to your teammates. But you need to go in front of the cameras and look the fans in the eyes and say, I am so, so sorry. It was a mistake. Well, I don't disagree with going on the camera and saying I apologize because he's been behind the scenes and everybody's kind of wondering what is going on. Do these guys get along? Do they not get along? How bad is it? Does he want away? It just seems very odd that he was really happy to make the move over. He's only played 14 league games, I think. He's been injured. Uh, whatever reasons he's missed some games, but I just don't understand how a team that was doing so well and you come into it to be the final piece. And he's got a few, what he got five goals? I think he's doing okay, but I just don't understand like why he would, he would go out of his way to, to say the comments and then apologize so vigorously. I mean, it's okay to say, Hey, listen, I was trying to, this is all I was trying to do. 
I think he had to do the apology on video because this interview was done on video. And this is just the way the world is now. If you if mm-hmm. you're sincere about it, if it's really happening, if it means something to you or you want people to see it, it has to be on video on social media. That's just the way of the world. Yep. But also, Craig, you say happy to make the move. I at, even at the time when they made the deal. Obviously, this made sense for Chelsea. Obviously, it was their pursuit to to um, get that final piece that really made them better than the team they were that won the European Championship the year before. He's that guy. He's familiar. He's a much better player than he was when he left England. But I don't feel like that was his choice. That very much had a agency yeah. timing feeling of the move. And we know Inter didn't have the money to keep him. Any offer that was anywhere near what Chelsea did uh, put up, Inter were, were going to take gladly and, and send him out the door because they, they needed to do so. So mm-hmm. I got I got the vibe from the beginning. It was a, a move that fell into his lap, not a move that he would have pursued or tried to make happen on his own, even with Chelsea having won the Champions League the year before. Well, okay. So even if that was the case, um, those are the situation that Inter is under. So he ends up there making an absolute pile of money pile of money your career is short you you know you're not the youngest as it is i just don't understand how you don't put your head down you're very very fortunate to be in the position you are and i thought that that's the guy that he was now but quite clearly maybe not (laughs) it's a good point you must have played with guys craig that you know had you you felt as though they didn't have to work very hard to really succeed, that whether it was a combination of God-given talent or luck or su- or really good fortune. I think here's a guy who has tremendous talent. And the player he became at Inter Milan, you can visibly see the work that he put in to get to that level. And then to be removed from that situation and to go back to a situation that you were familiar with that maybe you didn't truly love before and to a league that I think he must feel like the league didn't really love him. I mean, he was a laughingstock when he left Manchester United. The fat jokes and mm. how people truly felt about him. I don't think he has a lot of warm feelings towards England. So to be removed from that situation, regardless of the, the European Championship team that he's walked into, what are he, the Jetsons flying by outside the condo? What the what hell is, is that? that noise? Oh. Hang on a second. Is that your tea? Is that your is that kettle? kettle? His kettle's oh my going. God. That's what I was wondering. <laughs> I'm like, I thought it was one of his cats dying or something. Wow, is it, is the, the first time. Tea. When there were other people on this chat that Craig and I were having a great football conversation and he's got to go away because you don't have an electric kettle. Upgrade, brother. Couple 747s. What kind of tea, Craig? You going for a regular tea or, or a nice herbal variety? Earl Grey. Or no, the, the, the kitchen's that way. Oh, what was that then? I just went to shut the Where door. <laughs> oh, there's a door. Was there something outside? Yeah, oh, it's, 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 it was a... Wind. The wind just started. Oh, wow. I thought it was a kettle going. Old school English kettles. That... Yeah, I had, we just got rid of it. I had that. We've, we've just got rid of it because I was getting sick and tired. You put the kettle on and then you well, got to multitask. And, and then, you you got to, yeah, you, then you've committed, you've committed yeah. to getting up to make that yeah. tea at that point. I like the, the, the modern ones when you can make the choice. You can put it on and then I can get up if I choose to. Or I can sit on my fat ass on a couch and not get up for it. But then when you do finally get up, isn't the problem? Mine tells you the temperature, but when you do finally get up and it's like it's gone down to like sixty-one degrees again, you're like, oh, now I gotta stand there and flip the kettle back on. See, I'm I'm too impatient. I just I just pour it. I don't. At sixty-one degrees, I'm 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 not not a reboiler. 
No, I got one you know what? I could see your anger through that. Get one that whistles, coiling. whistles, and then turns off. Yeah, yeah, that's a good whistle, Gregor. Um, that's a good whistle. You could be a referee, buddy. <laughs> People are loving hearing us whistle. Better Lukaku. Um, I heard someone uh, mention it, and I've forgotten years ago now. Jose Mourinho talked about uh, Lukaku and how he's a player that needs to have an arm around. That's the motivator. He's not a guy you scream at. Well, Tuchel is. He, he looks well, he's basically he's a vampire from the 1800s. So he's definitely an old school <laughs> football manager. He is not right, he's an old school kind of guy. I'm not sure he's that arm around you kind of manager, right? So, you know, but <laughs> yeah. you would think that Lukaku would have done his research beforehand, you would have thought. And I do wonder if City, if Man City hadn't wasted their entire summer trying to, uh, you know, Harry Kane, whether they would have gone for Lukaku, because I could see him working really well under Pep. Um, you know, his game evolved so quickly at Inter Milan, didn't it, under Conte? He, he was no longer just his target man. He was this guy that would run at the fences, you know, get the ball deep. He, he changed completely. So imagine, you know, a season with Pep. That would have been a great, it would have been devastating. Devastating, I'm sure of it. So maybe that would have been the preferred choice. I don't know. I also wonder what the conversations would have been after this League Cup game on Wednesday that Spurs had with the Chelsea knocking them out of the Carabao Cup. But post-match, for sure, in the bowels of, of that ground, Lukaku and Conte had some long-winded conversation, some long-winded catch-up. And I, I really wonder because, I mean, you, you, it seems like you got to give Conte a lot of the credit for getting Lukaku to that level. And we do know, based on how Spurs have trained, uh, just look at the, the running stats this season. When Conte took over, they, were the, they had run the lowest miles in the Premier League. And now Tottenham have run the most. And Amazing. cardio has definitely been a, a you know a game changer for Romelu Lukaku uh, as he's aged and after those two years at, at Inter. So... Who knows if uh, if only Manchester United had made a change in the summer to bring Antonio Conte to uh, Manchester United and haven't gotten rid of Ali, then maybe Lukaku would have been back at United. So where's Ronaldo? Oh, at City. Oh my God. So what you're saying right now, though, what you're saying is going to happen is that this summer, um, Harry Kane's going to Man City. Yep. And Lukaku's going to fall out at Chelsea with Tuchel. Levy's going to say, "What the hell? 110. I'll Let's take go. him." Lukaku to Spurs under Conte, and then. Um, Chelsea go and get Haaland. That's pretty much what you just said. That's what I'm saying. I actually I was thinking like a Cardi because they would be like in a panic because they're not in a power situation Chelsea now. But yeah, What's you're right. You're Cardi, like, yeah, you've mentioned him twice now, Cardi, on this podcast. Well, he's speaking one of the speaking of divas. Jesus, yeah, you don't want that, do you? No, I don't. I don't think you want that. But I think there's a player that still seems like there's a lot of untapped potential, and he's a and he's a hot name. And uh, you know, he's 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 played at big clubs. Uh, yes, he's been dramatic, but he's always in this this conversation. And he's out of favor, it seems now, or or wants out of PSG. So with all the money being thrown around, that's why he's a, a name at the top of my head, and and why he seems to be in every daily kind of silly season recap. Well, you know who's not going anywhere this summer? He's not going to PSG. He's not going to Real Madrid. You. He's not going to Man City. <laughs> no, not me. I'm not as well. But Davy Proper. Yeah. He, he's not going to any super club. He's not going anywhere, in fact. Davy Proper, a guy I completely forgot about. He went to PSV this offseason, um, having been at Brighton for four or five years. I actually liked him at Brighton. Good player. 30 years of age, he quit this week. Gave up enough. He said in, in his in his um, closing statement, I made the final decision to call time on my playing career before Christmas, and it feels like a relief. That's why I know I've made the right choice. 
When I was abroad, I gradually lost the love for the game. It was difficult for me to observe the discipline needed to perform at my best and have my life ruled by a hectic football schedule. And the coronavirus crisis and the lack of visits from relatives and friends haven't done me any good either. I'm grateful the club, PSV, has made me feel welcome. I'd hoped to rediscover the joy in playing football, but it was not to be as I don't feel comfortable in the world of football. I don't want to be part of it any longer. I mean, wow, Craig, I mean, Mm. you had a long, long career. Did you ever see players just just lose the joy and the love for the sport essentially overnight? Yeah, I've se- I've seen it for sure. Yeah, um, not at thirty years of age though, and not still playing. I mean, I don't know if there's any other reasons around it, injuries or whatnot, um, driving them crazy. But my suggestion would be if he was actually physically okay. Um, would be to try to maybe take a break, but don't give up on it quite yet because you're a long time retired. And he's yeah. not far off it anyway at 30, you know. What are you looking at? Five years tops. If you if you want to start dropping down divisions, you know, most people don't. So you'd say point. stay on the Peloton, Davey. Exactly. <laughs> Some proper yeah, advice. You, you might realize. You might realize in six months' time. Oh God, I hate my home life. It ain't as cool as I thought it might be. Oh, the missus is pissing me off. I'm pissing her off. Yeah. Kids screaming all the time. The parents want to visit me. Ah, oh. let's, let's start a pie company. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> hey, I, I was re- always proper re- pies. <laughs> yeah, Davies proper pies. Wait a minute. Yes, can't forget do that. Charmin. No. Just, that's way better, eh? Now, what do they have in Holland? It wouldn't be pies. It would be what, chips with mayonnaise. What do they have in, yeah, in Holland? Yeah, uh, weed. It's just weed. It's just, just a lot of marijuana. Davies proper weed. There we go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Proper gange. Weed cake. Proper grass, I was going to say. Gange. <laughs> Great name of a cafe. But that's a good point, Craig. You wonder. I mean, at 30, it's not too late. He could come back, right? But, I mean, it just seems so abrupt. Mm. And, and you, like you said, who knows what's happening? I'm sure there's more to it than just that. Yeah, um, probably. But, probably. Yeah. Yeah. You, I mean, I could have easily done it when I was 16, when I ended up in England and with jet lag, I got up at you know, sunrise 4.30 in the summer and looking down the street, I'm like, this is freaking Coronation Street. I'm trying to think how many people live within 40 yards of each other here. And I felt I was so homesick and you couldn't get on the phone. You couldn't get it on the internet. You couldn't... Like, yeah, it, but it changed. You you, you discovered the, uh, the the perks of being a professional athlete. Is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. It was hard, a lot of hard work, but Ipswich wasn't uh, wasn't. Yeah, how long? How long did it take you to feel really part of the culture there and part? Like, I mean, you were there for a long time. I know you're, you're you've always been Canadian. Never, you never felt part of it. You never felt comfortable. Really? Oh, I felt I felt comfortable, but I never truly felt. I felt like I was, I had a front row seat to this freaking world that is so bizarre to, to me <laughs> and to most people and doing that into, in a real rural area of England too, uh, Ipswich, um, which is very different than going to London and then the East end of London and those fans at West Ham, uh, you know, yeah, they made me feel welcome, but, 
I'm you not one of them. I wasn't one of them. I mean, I was I'm as much as them as because I played for West Ham United. That that's our connection. But I'm not a, an East End London person. Like I'm not from there. I get it. I get it. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? I mean, geez, what 30, 32 years for me almost here in Canada. Now wow, I feel 32. Canadian. I think I, I feel that it's beyond a front row seat to something really weird, but you are all fucking weird. Sure. <laughs> but I'm just part of this, this weird gang of morons. Yeah, but you're magnetized towards people that, you know, are like kind of most like you in some core degree, right? So really, it's your fault. If you keep attracting all the weird people, it's you. <laughs> but also, yeah, well, yeah. you notice, well, Sharms, well, in Toronto, podcast, Sharms, in Toronto... <laughs> Like all of our, all my friends aren't from Toronto. I've got like one or two Toronto friends. Mm-hmm. They're all guys. They've all been like, that's like true. You guys, like we're all, we're all transplants and yeah. we're not, you know, we meet Toronto people and you're like, oh, Toronto people have their own language. What private school did you go to? Where did you go to, you know, like that whole, what did your dad do? And you're like, well, my dad was, you know, like it's these questions. That what Toronto? You think Toronto natives are like well off and come from, uh, I from think there's, upbringing? I think there's a portion of that that yes, and then some aren't. Yes, I haven't, yeah. I haven't met them. <laughs> no, yeah, but, yeah, because there are pockets in Rosedale and Forest Hill. Yeah, it's old, yeah, old money. It's the people that you should be hanging out with, Charms, based on your you know having your grown up in a lordship. Yeah, you are right. right. You are right. If I look at my group of friends, they're Utter losers. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you know what you need? Do don't, do don't do me any good at all. They're all from different to... places, like Burnaby and Ottawa and Windsor. Enablers. <laughs> all we are is <laughs> enablers. <laughs> Wait, you does, know what? You could work for Tannenbaum. You'd be a great butler. <laughs> Your accent as a butler? Tell you what, for $16 million a year, I'd be Tannenbaum's butler for sure. Hey, speak, we were talking about Glenn Healy. I asked if he was a big soccer fan. You know who you need to get uh, our producer, Wonger, to send out the alumni email to? And he'll be on immediately because he fucking loves you, Charms. Steve Thomas. Stevie Thomas. Oh, Stockport's best. Absolutely. Steve you know Thomas what? loves you. Well, listen, that, uh, no, he doesn't. Who are the, who are the he old does. No, no, no. fond of me. The old Leafs player. He, so he's a big Man City fan, and this comes Stumpy. back. His dad's from Manchester, I believe, right? That's yeah, Stockport. Like old yeah. roots. Uh, pardon me. And so he, uh, before they got money, he was the only person he knew that liked City. And so you were the only person who talked about footy on TV, and that's why he's so fond of you. And I remember, wasn't it in the hallways at Hardcore Sports Radio? Was it, was it him or was it Flurry? And you just, just have to be Fleury. passing by there. And they were like, whoa, yeah. hey, oh, Charms. And it was like. It's Theo Fleury. I was, and I love Theo. What a player. And, and I just finished reading his book, actually. Yeah. And yeah, in the hallways, and I walk past him and I stop. And he stops. I'm about to say, hey, Theo, you know, a big fan. You know, he goes, James, love Sports World. Love the 30 show. My daughter plays football. You know, she loves the game. He watches it every Saturday. I was like, holy crap. That's amazing. And yeah, Stumpy no. Thomas, I, ne- I never met the guy, but I'd heard that before as well. So, you know, let's get Stumpy on. Let's really work on that because he is a big City fan, isn't he? And yeah, uh, yeah let's just work on that. I, I, so I've played in a charity tournament, hockey tournament with him twice. And both times uh, upon greeting him, hey, how are you doing? Hey, how's, uh, how's Charms doing? How's uh, like, <laughs> yeah. So I'm stunned to hear that he'd never met you before. Big fan. Yeah, I guess I'm, I'm magnetic, I guess. What can you say? What can I say? Is he the fitness fanatic guy? Gary Roberts. No, that's Gary Roberts. Oh, Gary Roberts. Right. Yeah. 
A bunch of those guys, though, were a lot of the Red Wings were huge uh, soccer fans. And uh, Steve Eisenman is a big, big soccer fan. It's because the uh, the Russians, when they played at the Red Wings for, for years, Larianov, mm. um, Fedorov, they would actually every summer take some of the, the Canadian-American boys over to watch football. Mm, that was really and, impressive, uh, Charms. Larianov, well, Fedorov, you, yeah. Hey, I knew a lot about that Detroit Red Wings team because they used to beat the Leafs a lot. So, hey. They were fantastic. Yeah. But yeah, Eisenman's a big, big fan, big soccer fan. On the last so, show, we spoke about my high school, Herb Gray, ex-deputy prime minister coming to my high school. Uh, my seventh grade teacher had gone to France on vacation, and he's you know walking around the Eiffel Tower, and Slava Fatisov and all of those guys from the wings and a few guys that weren't Russian were walking around taking photos as well, and uh, they were on some you know European boys trip together to uh, enjoy the really? summer and catch a little footy. Victor Kozlov, Igor Konstantinov, who got hurt in that uh, in the car accident. Car accident. Car yeah. accident. What yeah. a player he was. Yeah. Look cool. at you, your mid nineties hockey knowledge. I did a I interviewed oh. uh who the hell was it? Chicken oh, Toronto's ass. And to think that network that owns hockey let you go. What a bunch of idiots they are. See, they don't realize whether we, we don't what we know. We know a lot about nothing. That is for sure. Darts. Um, hey, I wanted to talk to you guys. We just talked about giving up. So my my question for you guys. Have we given up on media? Yeah, we're here with you. No, no. It, well, that too. Life. Uh, <laughs> it was going to be uh, bringing in Antonio Brown, which is a sad situation. Oh, yeah. Yes. But yes. I, I switched it up to um, you guys all watch. You all have a favorite team. When do you give up watching as a fan? Is it when you – where is – if it's a three – so I, I wrote this scenario – Three zero twenty five minutes in. Mm. Are you watching till halftime? Are you watching till the seventy fifth minute? Are you watching till the very end? So for Villa, what are you doing, B? Great question, buddy. You didn't have to go to me first, but that's an outstanding question. Uh, for Villa, I've definitely turned it off before the final whistle. I've never what, turned it off. When was the last time? time? Do you remember? You you remember? I know you remember. <laughs> Sad, sadly, in the last few years, there's been a few of them, right? Yeah. So I, I I truly don't remember the last time. And um, you feel bad? Like there was go- one under the Dean Smith era here. This so before Stevie G, where they just were. They might not have been losing by a lot. They might have only been down like two nil, but they were just getting outplayed and, and lucky to be, only be losing by by that scoreline. Um, but I, for me, I'm like the 70th minute because usually by the 70th minute, now I'm starting to allocate like the rest of my day. Could I better use my time here doing something else? So I, I never. It's never half time. I always make it to the 70th. Craiger, as soon as nine nils out of the question. Then <laughs> well done. Sharms, <laughs> what about you, brother? You're watching. Oh, I leave all the time. I leave all the time. You know, well, you know this. Craig knows this, and Wonga knows this. That you have a kid, and and just sometimes you have to do things, even though you don't want to do them, because it's <laughs> in the seventy fifth minute. But you have no choice, and the guilt begins to kind of get. So I, I often leave before a game finishes. And so go I'll to your mobile. Up with it later go to the zone on your phone while you're. Yeah, oh no! Frequently, I'm out. You know, I'm going for another another bloody walk in the bloody park, and the wife's, "Why are you on your phone? Because the fucking game's not finished yet, and you pulled me out." That's why. <laughs> if you left me at home where I wanted to stay, I wouldn't have my phone out and be annoying you. Or I'm at a bloody mall, you know, drape shopping, you know, and like, what are you doing? I'm looking at the score from the game. Can't you focus? What about these mauve drapes? Like, no. I've got to watch. You, you pulled me out from my basement to go drape shopping. 
Dude. I'm going to at least check the goddamn score. Okay, it's not quite that bad. Yeah, uh, you, you, but you know how it is. I can't always to, watch hey, the full hey, 90. Wonger, he's going to come and join the club. What? Yeah, <laughs> the D club. The, there was there was a there was a man. I, I was sat in aisle seven at the container store watching the end of some Champions League game. I think Benfica was on the ropes against somebody, and I was just I, I found a an area in the container store. At the women's down. game. It wasn't the women's Champions League. That's you're the big Benfica women's Champions League fan. The, the goalkeeping scout. Um, I'm sitting in the container store and this man walks over to me and I, for a second thought he was going to tell me not, I couldn't sit where I was. And he just came over to give me props for finding a quiet corner to watch the game on my phone. He realized immediately (laughs) what I was doing. And he said, I feel you brother. And he's like, don't go to aisle two. God, they love it there. (laughs) Was Elena walking around? Yeah. (laughs) But she loves that place though. Like a literally kid in a candy store applies to women in the mid thirties at the container store. (laughs) <laughs> so what is sorry what is container store exactly it's a store with containers it sells containers <laughs> that's li- it literally what it is it's fucking wow. horrible see-through white multicolored yeah. oh, different oh, sizes and fucking and container after container <laughs> and yeah. you, should you know what these shows you should go there but you need someone to like take you into that you need because it's a whole this is another thing it's a process it started with that little Japanese woman Marie Kondo and now there's like mm-hmm. the the home edit, all these Netflix shows where these uh, these phenomenal women come in and organize people's lives and reorganize the how things are stored and stacked in their house. And it opens up a whole thing. Why are you holding on to that? Is it because of issues in your childhood? Get rid of these things. Learn to let go. And it becomes this cycle that they're obsessed with organizing and containing. We We should build an app where... A wife that wants to go shopping with someone can find someone to go shopping with, right? <laughs> and, and, and maybe and, it's and maybe it's another husband, like some guy that likes shopping. I'm fine with that. I'll take a chance. I'll take a chance. Puts, it puts the two couples together, and they the, yeah. the guys or the other person who likes watching the games. They can yeah, the yeah. Game. Meet at my house. We'll go down the basement. Me and him, or me and her. Yeah, let's not be sexist here. No, nope. and we'll watch yeah. the the last. 25 minutes of Liverpool against Hull in the This Carabao is basically Cup. the start of your And you guys go story. shopping. <laughs> this is how about, the start of your do one better. Charms. How about you do one <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> do start one. swinging, honey. <laughs> At the container store. That's At the right. container store, yeah. You I go to the become, container store, I'll go to the basement. Well, you listen, speaking to Michael Corrin, I, I might just become a priest. Maybe do that, you know? Uh, I'll be why the first atheist one, priest. Why don't you go one better and just have you go live with your buddy and then she go live with her <laughs> girlfriend? You know what? That's not bad. Not bad at all. It's funny it's you say good. that. That conversation with Michael Corn was was really amazing and I have not been a part of it and just listening to it in post and how you guys kind of reacted and bounced off of that. Sharms, I did actually get the feeling that you had, if not, you know, an interest to be less atheist. You had a curiosity to ask different questions and maybe learn a little more f- from that. That that was Oh no, for sure. No, thank you. No, I, I've always listen, I I I have no religion, no faith in my life, but I'm always interested by it. Especially when I speak to really clearly academic and intelligent people like Michael, who who, you know, are so far beyond my intelligence, yet they believe in something that I can't even comprehend because it just makes no sense to me. I find that fascinating. I find that yeah, I, I, do, I do I do as well. Plus sure. I do as well. He was so, and I, I think Craig and I didn't know, like I know Craig knows him a little bit, but I'd never listened to him or met him. And I was surprised how likable he is. Yeah. And what a mm-hmm. great sense of humor. And, you know, mm-hmm. I line up with you on the on the kind of the 
atheist slash, you know, I, I can't, I, I can't, I don't know. I'm a circle of life guy. So, uh, you know, if there's a lion out there and anyways, I like he wouldn't eat you. Yeah. He would, he would only eat you cause you're slow. Yeah. Uh, Bad knee. I, I came away from that interview thinking that the uh, the, the church, uh, be it whatever denomination it is, needs more people like Michael Corrin in the sense of well-rounded yeah. people. Yeah. I'm not saying every every minister, priest, or pastor should have had a life before finding the church and, and have children before they, they, they uh, become a man of the cloth. But I do think that there's a, a well-roundedness uh, and a full kind of life lived before finding that vocation that makes him but the particular interesting wide-eyed person that he has grown into and, and become. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. precisely right, yeah. I mean, he's lived his life, right? He's married with a family. Um, he, he's had a journey, right, going from... And, and changed oh, his f- uh, views quite considerably. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah he was a, a staunch conservative Catholic and mm-hmm. was public about that and was controversial. And he had this epiphany and changed. Anyone can change, right? It just shows, you know, when I'm discussing politics and the old man and he refuses to shift his beliefs about certain things and anyone can change and there's your example right there michael corrin mm-hmm. he can change and, except chelsea uh, yeah, fans that's what i took away from the corrin conversation yeah that was a great chat and please check it out on uh, on our podcast uh, we recorded it yeah, what was that wednesday Monday, Tuesday show. It's Tuesday's show. Tuesday's show. Tuesday's show. Tuesday's show. Yeah. Anyway, you, you can find it. You can find it in all your usual podcast places, including this one. Um, anything else, boys? We didn't pick six. It's FA Cup this weekend. No, no picks. I'm down with no that. Picks. Yeah. No picks. What about Brown? Why weren't we going to talk about Antonio Okay, Brown? yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. Antonio oh, Brown storms off the field. I want to talk about Antonio off. Brown. And, I, you know, we, we made a joke about it, but that that gentleman is – in a dark place over and over again, missed out on 30 million uh, with the Raiders. Right. B then yeah. he, then he went to, they gave him a shot in new England. He effed it up there. Mm-hmm. Brady. It sounds like uh, got him in with Arians. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Caught a touchdown pass in the super bowl. And won a super bowl. yeah, won a super bowl and was, I think it was like 50 yards four catches and a touchdown away from making a million bucks. He had that broken up in uh, 330, like in a third. And this guy just once again is um, blowing himself up and down a dark, dark tunnel. There's and something no one's, seriously no wrong. Them. There's something yeah. seriously wrong with him. When I saw that go on and I saw somebody said, you got to see this. I was like, I just feel sorry for him. Like there's something seriously, seriously wrong. And when when you got a guy like Brady, who's had at least three of his teammates commit suicide, at least three. Wow. I watch a guy like him, and I'm just there's something wrong with him. That's not normal behavior. You think there's an empathy that Brady possesses that seems to surprise a lot of outside people and successful football people, but it's that empathy, whether it's fear-driven or guilt-driven or or, or whatever, that maybe other other guys haven't shown towards AB? Yeah, I think you have to to be very careful about where we go with this, with this guy, I think. When I first saw it, there's always assholes out and you see crazy guys doing stuff. But when it's continuous like this and when he does something like this, when he got bonuses on the line, like 
It doesn't make sense. It's someone who's not motivated by the usual motivations, right? Was I right in, 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 I think I read this, that he hadn't, uh, he released a single the day after? It was the day of, it was hours after. Yeah. So there isn't a connection there, getting his name out there, notoriety, and releasing that. I mean, I'm I'm being cynical here, but hey, it it does make sense. Maybe in his head at the time. Yeah, perhaps yeah. in his head at the time. I mean, that's an extreme way, though. You don't, you don't have yeah. to to retire in, uh, you know. <laughs> but if, but a, if he's done with football, if he's, like if he's pulling Seven. a daily proper, he's he's done with sport, he's done with football, he wants yeah. to pursue this career. I have no idea if he's any good. A million dollars ain't a lot of money nope. if you're that that name, have that nope. name value. Well, the, brand, thing, right? the thing about it is Davey, Davey Proper was thoughtful and uh, – walked himself through it and why he's unhappy and whether he's, you know, a mental health thing or a physical health thing, either way, he was exhausted with, with, with footy. Hmm. Antonio Brown, I don't think he considers that. It looks so um, immediate and impulsive. instinctive yeah, right compulsive. now. And compul- yep. Oh, thank you. Better word. Compulsive. And, it's that's very t- that's typical of uh, like guys who've had multiple head injuries. Is that's exactly it. behavior? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Just doesn't. It's just not normal at no. all. No. But nothing about his life has been normal. Like no. he was homeless True. as a teenager. Yeah. Uh, you know, incredible talent. Um, certainly a worth e- a work ethic at some point. You you can't stay in the league as long as he did without without having a work ethic. He was the best um, receiver for like five years. Yeah, right? I mean and. You know, to to imagine, I wonder one day there'll be a book, maybe Mike Tomlin, who was his head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, what it was like to to work with Antonio Brown, who was, you know, at his peak, uh, undoubtedly the best wide receiver in the NFL until he became the craziest guy in the NFL. Yep. Not a guy you want yep. to have to deal with on your team, you know. No, no. But if you do have him on your team and you're dealing with a guy like that, you, I don't know. So it's funny when Charmin put this in the group chat, our rundown, uh, Davey Proper, and then Wonger had said he wanted to talk about AB and, you know, who are some comparables. There's only one guy, and it's not an equal comparable to both sides, but this guy came up for both of these names when I was thinking of some extent of a comparable, Eric Cantona who retired at 30, who admitted to having fallen out of love with football and once retiring, realizing he needed to find something to replace it with. So it became acting and advocacy and art. And he's a very interesting, we would say different person himself. Mm -hmm. And um, Antonio Brown not having, you know, seemingly uh, and perhaps stereotypically the same value system towards a lot of things in professional sports that we are rating, uh, money, uh, championships, prestige, whatever. Eric Cantona seems to also align with that. A little bit. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, that's true. That's true. I don't know. No, if no, I'm not sure whether the NFL alumni, um, whether they help these guys out, whether they spot telltale signs, trouble people, whether they reach out. I don't know. They should. They I don't think, have a good think, um, track record do. of it. They, I mean, now I think they have a they have a fiscal responsibility and feeling like a legal responsibility to do so now, but they yeah. certainly don't have a good history. There's a liability of issue right there. With, with guys before Junior Seau, they do not have a good track record of it. So overcorrection, no. mm-hmm. uh, long overdue. Um, but yeah. But you need to want to be helped too, right? And, you know, I mean, listen, he, maybe he's just a dickhead. It could be that. It could be. But we don't know. Yeah, right. doesn't, I mean, it doesn't seem dickheadish. Yeah, it just seems beyond that, doesn't it? Yeah, like it, it does. does. 
beyond dickheadish. It's gonna be a word for that. It's I amazing think, how many guys like like Tomlin to me <laughs> seems like a great man manager, and I can't believe that a guy like him has obviously pulled him aside a number of times, and he probably just got you know, I, 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 it's just it's gone. It's not going through. It's not working. He's just that type of person for whatever reason. Yeah. That uh, yep. sounds like Mourinho talking about Balotelli. Uh, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. Balotelli came to my mind as well when you saw this this pattern of events mm-hmm. and this troubled youth. You know, he came up, you know, and he really, despite his, his background, he actually achieved great success. But eventually... It just implodes. And you, mm-hmm. you don't reach your potential. That did come to my mind. Listen, guys, it was pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. A night is an hour and 10 minutes in, but that's been a good show today. I enjoyed that. Thank you very, very much, well. fellas. Thank you, guys. Footy underscore prime. Is that all on all things social? Unlike footy no, prime, only on Twitter. Said last week. Only on well, Twitter. Is, what is an Instagram? Footy prime, the podcast on, on Instagram and TikTok. Way to go, Charms. Fuck, I don't know. Host People of the show. Don't they? Yeah, but anyone listening, we're going to put up as one of our questions how long you watch <laughs> a game. That's inter- That's an interesting question because I like the fact yeah. that I got, you know, that Aston Villa, that B has walked away from Aston Villa. That shows maturity, my friend. By the way, well, it depends you, on the score. You... <laughs> yeah, In, uh, I, I, 2000, 2005 taught me that 3 0 is never a score to walk away from. Oh, 2005 yeah. Champions League. That's one thing it taught, taught me. Mm-hmm. Um, B, did you? I just when you were talking about Villa and you mentioned that their their dark times. You were, did you say Steve Smith as their manager, and not Steve Clark? Dean, Dean Smith. Oh, Dean Smith. Okay, I if, I, Steve, if I, I may have misspoken, no, combined. No, 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 Steve, Steve, I thought, I thought you may have said Dean Smith. Yeah, I, I thought you, you said Steve pedant. Smith and Steve pedant. Clark when he was there before. That's all. He's trying to catch you out. Yeah, I was. And failing miserably. Down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, everyone, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we're back later this week with Footy Prime, yet to be named, but likely something like Almost Daily or whatever one I thought of earlier tonight, which wasn't News quite as good. and such. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll chat to you then anyway. Bye. Happy New Year 1989! It's Footy Prime and we're here to say that we're the number one pod that's out today. But Danny, Dan, Craig, Brendan, and James will talk about practice and about the games. With interview scores and footy picks, thank you for tuning in to these bunch of dicks. If you're underage, please turn us off cause you're bound to be offended cause you're too soft. Once again, thanks for tuning in. Let's get this party started. Footy Prime for the win! I have way too much time on my hands. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 